0: years, and um, we moved into Saint Luke's in Thornaby a year ago. And what a journey it's been! Um, so we're so thrilled that you're here and you're a part of the journey uh, with us. We've uh, we've been over the last two weeks, last week and this week, been looking at the R word. Who knows what the R word is? Shout out if you're feeling brave. I can see people whispering it. It's the Reformation. Say it with confidence. Uh, be honest, hands up if you don't know what the Reformation is. We all know, perfect. There's one at the back. Honestly, two, brilliant. That's totally fine. Three, a few, you know, a few more honest ones. <laughs> I was here last week, but I still don't know. Um, so we want to celebrate. Uh, it's, it's the history of the church. It's when people really, I would say, and this is going to be a totally drab, drab prop. In my head, it was going to be dark, but the sun is shining. Lord, we had a conversation about this. We had an arrangement. The cloud's going to come over uh, and about half past 11-ish, and I was going to put the light on. But but it was really where there was a group of people, and they were in the dark. They were in the dark with their relationship with God, because they believed, and they have been told by the powers that be in the world, that you had to do certain things to earn the favour of God. And that if you've been a bad person, hands up if you've ever been a bad person, ever, hands up if you've ever stolen sweets out of Woolworths, you, you, have to, you have to get before the Lord and say you're sorry for bringing Woolworths, a great institution of the British way of life, you brought that to its knees. So Lord, we repent of taking our bit from Woolworths, but it was just so tempting. But, but really, if we've ever done anything bad in our lives, it was a sense of, um, of, of the teaching in the day was that if you paid enough money to the church then your sins would be forgiven. And the sins of those who you love would also be forgiven. What a crazy, crazy way of thinking. So the Reformation kicked off where really a bunch of Christians started by Martin Luther. And we had some issues with the slides today, but hopefully his face will pop up. Um, the lights suddenly came on for Christianity. The lights didn't just come on, but people started to get passionate about the gospel. They started to see the impact that Jesus would have for their lives. So today I want to kick off week two. But before I do, there's so many distractions and uh, there's all sorts going on. Can we bow our heads and can we pray? God, we want to just uh, ask that you would give us super concentration levels today. God, we thank you that you modelled transformation to us. And that God, as we kind of, kind of plod on through life, sometimes it's, it's just it's so easy to get caught up in the moment and lose the wonder of who you are, what you've done, And the impact that has on the world around us. So God, I pray today you'd help me communicate to the church just how incredible that is for us again. That God, you'd remind us today of what it means for our lives and for this this region and for this country and this world. When we just glance, when we just glance at the cross. So Jesus, I pray you'd change our hearts today. We ask these in your name. Amen. So the Holy Spirit really began to speak to this bunch of disciples, and, uh, and they got radical. This is 500 years ago, and it changed not just the church in this country, but the whole of Europe. People thought, no, it's not about religiosity, which means, religiosity is this, that if I do enough good things, if I take enough good steps, then one day when I get to heaven, God's going to give me a fist pump. Maybe, just maybe. But actually, it became about a relationship. And a relationship means that we don't need to walk anywhere, but as we know, God runs the distance to us. Isn't that profoundly different? Isn't that crazy? And when people say, oh, you're religious, and what's the difference between all those world religions? Just say, every world religion means that man has to do good to get to God. Whereas we believe we do nothing but receive the goodness of Jesus. He comes to us. It's so profoundly different. And then there was this verse. There was this verse uh, from Romans one seventeen. If you've got your Bibles with you today, please do flick to it. Hopefully it'll be on the screen. Well done, guys. Cheer for the guys at the back. We've had a nightmare this morning with that. And, uh, and really, his mind, this is Martin Luther, when he began to read what the, what the, the established church was saying about uh, your posture towards God, is you have to give, you have to be good, and then maybe, just maybe, if you're good enough, you'll get a relationship. He read this and thought, this just blows my mind. And I want you to read it with fresh eyes this morning. And it says this, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Jesus Christ. Are you guys ashamed this morning of your faith in Jesus Christ? It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and then the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his spirit. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Underline the word faith today. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And Martin Luther in his translation read these words, The just shall be saved by faith. Saved by faith. What does that mean to be saved by faith? And and really, the teaching at the time was through Latin, and this is what the Romans were reading. And the teaching said that it was righteousness, uh, and the root word in Latin was to make righteous. So they read that God makes you righteous righteous. It was a process of, again, if you did enough good things, you'd be righteous. Are we tracking? Hopefully. And then Martin Luther read it in the Greek. He read it in the Greek and it says this, to regard as righteous. The profound difference is that God views you as perfect already, not that you have to achieve perfection. And suddenly he thought, that's incredible. All that striving and that man-made religiosity, and if you do enough good things, you'll achieve it. Actually, God regards you as righteous. And the church had been misled through man's teaching. And then suddenly they got a glimpse of Jesus. Suddenly, their lives were changed again. And what did that mean for them? It was life and it was hope. It was hope for an eternity with God. A hope for a better tomorrow. A hope that God cares so much about your situation today. That he doesn't want to leave you in it. But he wants to walk with you through every situation. It's a huge, huge difference. You cannot earn what's already been given so freely. So today, church, let's receive it. And the Reformation, it was underway. That was it. God just cracked open this great nut that people have been holding on to so tightly. Of just, you know, if I just attend church, if I give enough money, if I say enough good things, if I don't do this or if I do that... But actually, it cracked it right open and said, today, it's about relationship. And then Martin Luther, in all of his wisdom, he penned these thoughts. And he said this, faith is a divine work in us. It's okay to say amen or yes or woohoo, that's great if you agree with this. Let's, let's, get, let's get passionate this morning. Uh, it changes us and makes us be born anew of God. It kills the old Adam. That means the stuff that we've done from, from you know, centuries ago that we carry, that our rebellion to God, it kills that. And it makes uh, altogether different people in heart, in spirit, in mind and power. Are you sat here in church today? Can you attest to that? That you've changed in your thinking? That your actions have changed the more you become like Jesus Christ? And perhaps you're being dragged to church promising that there's free biscuits and coffee. And perhaps you're kind of wondering what this Christian faith's about. And really this is what it's about. It's when you encounter Jesus and you say yes to him, your life is transformed. I don't mean you're you're dragged into being somebody you don't want to be. But it's like the edges are ground down. It is like somebody sitting in front of you with a jet wash and you feel clean, you feel free, you feel fantastic. And Martin Luther is describing this sense of just, it's just ecstasy. Wow, this is what I'm realising when I come to know Jesus in the full, a relationship with him. And it brings with it the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's a living, busy, active, mighty thing, this faith. And so it is impossible for it not to do good, when incessantly it does not ask whether there are good works to do, but before the question rises, it has already done them, and it is always at the doing of them. Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man would stake his life on it a thousand times over. This confidence is dealing with God. And his creatures. And then this last line, I love this last line. And he says this Therefore, pray to God to work faith in you. Else you will remain forever without faith, whatever you think or do. Pray to God to work faith in you. Tonight we're starting a prayer series where we're going to, without any fanciness, gather as a church and say, God, we want to just pray. For this stuff to rise within us. We want to pray that God your faith rises in us. Why? So that we get to see an impact across the Tees Valley. We get to see an impact and a move of the Holy Spirit across our nation. Because we know church, don't we? That it's only when you lock eyes with Jesus that true transformation is found. And that's what we're desperate for. So for this group of reformists who said no to religion, but yes to relationship, suddenly the lights came on and they thought, aha, that's what it's about. And I think the same thing's been happening to us here as a church. I feel like there's a bunch of reformers who are saying, this is what the the local church is about again. It is about grabbing hold of a relationship with Jesus. And as we press in, as we press in, watch what's going to happen. So I want to ask you a question this morning. I've been asking my question, myself the question all week long. What's the biggest thing we can ask for, for God at the moment, in your season of life? What is the biggest thing that we can ask God for? Now this isn't a wish list of Lamborghini Gallardo's or a 12-bedroom house with a gorgeous, beautiful view. Or, or you know, just, just health forever. This is not the wish list. I know we're all rushing to that point. But really, and God can do, and the Bible says, He can do immeasurably more than we can even comprehend. Wow! So, this is not a wish list. If God, if you don't answer these 10 things in this order, I'm going to run away from you. No. We're going to say, God, we know you're a good God. We know you're good. And we know that you long to give us the desires of our heart. So, let's dream, church. Come on. Let's dream. What's the biggest things that we can ask for? Perhaps it's big things for this church. God, we'd love to be a church that sees millions of people. I said millions of people. you think Elijah, you're a bit overambitious there. I said millions of people touched and transformed because we said yes to Jesus. I'd love to see these seats filled with people who don't know Jesus, who get dragged into church and say, wow, that is the best thing I've ever tried. And they go back to their house and their community. And they see people just transform for him. I'd love to see this church grab hold of the gospel. And we go and live in, and do life in the workplaces. and our streets and our neighbourhoods and our families. And people say to us, you're a person of faith. Wow! When you pray, things happen. There's a guy called John Stott. I, I preached on him a few weeks ago. And, and the Mary Queen of Scots, she said this about him. He believed in prayer so hard. She said, I'd rather face the entire British army 10,000 cavalry strong, then one prayer from that man. Come on. Church, we've got to grab hold of this. It is our responsibility right now to say, God, we're going to dare to ask for more. Have we got reformists in church this morning? Are there any reformists in church this morning that say we don't want to die with a status quo? We don't want to attend church and be a pew warmer every single, every single Sunday. But when we go and sit our butt on that seat, we're going to dare to dream for more. And the reformists, they said that when they glanced at Jesus, they suddenly got a full flavor of heaven that God wants to do more. He wants to do more. I was reading a book this week, and it's one of these books where you just, you just want to be that person. And this guy, he jets all over the world. I'm going to put on my wish, wish list for my prayer life. And uh, he just gets words for people. He'll be sat next to someone, and suddenly the Lord will speak to him. And he'll say, tell that person, this is what I want to say. And uh, he was on a flight once, and he sat next to this guy for five hours. And, w- and the guy grew up went to the loo, and uh, it was in America. And the Lord said to him, "I wonder if it was an American accent." So was my question: Does the Lord speak with an American accent or a Scottish accent, or w- where is it? Just kind of like, if it's to you, I don't know. Does the Lord speak in a Teesside accent? I don't know. A deep theological issue. We're going to tackle this one day. But the Lord spoke to him, and he said, "He's an air marshal." And his wife's called Sandra, and uh, he's got, he's got a, a girl, and she's pregnant, and uh, she's having huge difficulties. And he retires next month, and his dream when he retires is to go to the south of Italy and to see the vineyards. This is what God's telling this guy. And, uh, and tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him that I so want him to go to those vineyards. More than he wants to go himself, just tell him I'm desperate for him to see the sights. And I'm reading it, and I'm almost weeping. And I'm like, this is, that's the heartbeat of God. He is so passionate for us. He wants us to see the good stuff. He is so for us. He wants us to see it more than we know it ourselves. So, of course, the guy comes back to the seat. And he says, the Lord's told me, in my best American accent, I'm really sorry, Jenna. The Lord's told me that, that you're a marshal, right? And he's like, I'm not a marshal. I'm not a marshal. And he says, but he's also told me this stuff. And the guy's like, yes to everything. And the guy's welling up. He's bawling his eyes out. Then at the end, when he leaves the plane, the guy's like, and also, you're right. I am a marshal as well. And I'm just like, God, I want that ability to listen to you so so clearly and speak into people's lives. The guy was a wreck, but he felt so affirmed by God. Now, God doesn't have to speak to you this morning in an audible voice for you to feel that affirmation. Because God is always at work, in the quiet, behind the scenes, in the songs, through His words, God is always speaking to us. So these guys, they grappled with faith. Are we tracking so far, everyone? Are you with me? And people often say, what is faith? Hebrews 11 says this, faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance, assurance of what we do not see. It's confidence of what we hope for. So making notes this morning, what do you hope for? From the, the side to the side, from the front to the back, what are you hoping for in your life at the moment? And, and, and let's meet that with assurance, God. Assurance that you can come through and give us the things that we don't see. Godfidence. I love cheesy words, but there's one for you. Let's have a, Godf- a Godfidence. And as we gather tonight, that's what we're pressing into. God, we're going to start to ask for big things. We're going to ask for huge things. And, uh, and, and God just... It can do the loud, but he also works in the quiet. And we can all tell the stories of the ha-ha moments where God turns up and, uh, and, and people are just changing and standing forever. But also there's something so profound about gathering in the quiet and say, God, we're not about the hype, but we want to stare at the hope. And tonight that's what we're going to do. We're going to stare at hope and say, God, as we lean in, we want to ask for big things. Faith. Faith's a weird one, isn't it? It's, it's a real grappler. We had an amazing conversation in our connect group this week about faith. And, uh, and some of us shared that we pray and things don't happen. And some of us shared that when we pray, things should always happen. And, and there's a real tension there. And John Wimber, who started the Vineyard Network, he said, there's a real tension of the now and the not yet. It's the kingdom of God breaking through, but not fully here yet. And we're kind of in that limbo where we're going to ask God for huge things. I don't believe we're always going to see things the way we, 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 we ask for it direct. And there's been people that I've known that I've prayed for and things just haven't happened the way we've asked for it. I don't know why that, that's the case. But there's also moments where we've prayed and God has broken through. I was in foster care when I grew up and I, I got the glamorous job of seeing all of the Tees Valley. Middlesbrough, Hartlepool, Darlington, Thornaby, uh, Never yarm actually, unfortunately. But, uh, but all over the place. And uh, I ended up with this beautiful, beautiful family, and uh, they took me to church. And my foster dad had this condition called multiple cirrhosis. And it's, uh, over, over the years, he started to degenerate in his body, and eventually he wound up in a wheelchair. Now, they went to church, but I wouldn't say he was a man of faith. And, uh, and put your hands up if you've heard of a, of a guy called Benny Hinn. Have you heard of Benny Hinn? Now, I know he's a real divider. Let's not get into this issue, but, but Benny Hinn prays and things happen. So I thought, being a 16-year-old lad, and it would take my foster dad to see Benny Hinn. So I, uh, it was the XL in London, I thought, a weekend in London, very snazzy, amazing. So uh, we arranged this trip, went to the XL in London, and, uh, and I was just desperate, desperate to get my foster dad to the front so this guy could pray for him. And I thought, if I just get him there, and if he just prays, I think he'll walk again. Come on. I love audacity. Do you love audacity? I love the cheeky northern spirit. It's brilliant. So I thought, let's try it. And unfortunately, it never happened. But I got one of his guys, one of his minions, to come over and pray for him. And as he came and prayed for my foster father, I thought, what's the, what's the beautiful words that he's going to use? What's this gorgeous soliloquy that he's going to put together that I just need to listen to? And this is, the, this is the format for healing. What is it? And he prayed, and he put his hand on my foster father's back, and he said, God, we pray for total healing. God, is that all it is? I mean, I thought it was a beautiful poetic thing and you know, come on, you know, and you're going to take on the devil. It's going to be awesome. And he said, God, we pray for full healing. Now my foster dad was a hard guy, a tough guy. He was a sniper, an ex-sniper in the army. One of those men who never says the word love. That was him. And I watched this guy crumble. It was beautiful. And I watched this guy get up out of his wheelchair in the Excel arena and walk across an auditorium the first time of five years. Now, now uh, people can say, well, you know, we've prayed for people in the past and things haven't happened. I think it's our mandate to always ask. And uh, what a beautiful story. And a year later, he still said he could feel the, the bit in his back where, where this guy prayed for him, this heat spot. Now, he still wasn't a radical believer, the plonker. But, but and, and it was like, well, maybe it was the drugs that day. You know, or maybe it was this or that. No, it was the Lord. And he's real and he moves. And that's why as a church, we can get so lost, so lost on making it about everything else, but pursuing his presence. And that's what reformists look like. They say we want to abandon religiosity and we want to chase relationship. And the Holy Spirit, he's blowing again. He is blowing again. And what's the signs of the lights being switched on? It is a realisation that you've been in darkness. It is a realisation that you now get to see things that you didn't see. It's also the beautiful fact that you get to dance in the light. And I believe our church has been through a real season of just darkness. It's been tough. We've lost loads of people. It's been horrendous over the last few years. And then suddenly the lights have come on again. And we've got people saying, we're desperate for a move of God. I'm read, I've got people in, 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 the, in the church, week in, week out at the moment, texting me saying, I'm reading this. I'm getting lost in, in, in worship. And last night, I, I was going to sleep and I was kept awake. We've prayed for a neighbor and they've started to see amazing results. I brought someone to church who just hasn't been to church ever in their life before. And together, all of this is the lights coming on. And we're beginning to wake up and we're seeing a move of God. So are we up for it? Are we up for a move of God? You might be exhausted and think, not another move of God. Not more prayer time. Not more worship. Wake up. Come on. Make the main thing the main thing. When I was 17, on the back of my amazing story in London, (laughs) I said, Lord, I've read Peter's story in the Bible. There's a bit in the Bible where Jesus says to one of his boys, come and walk in the water if you want. And I, living in a hard uh, hard pool at the time, I'm so excited. I'm talking so fast. Lord, slow me down. And, uh, and I, <laughs> I went to the beach and I said, Lord, I want to walk on water. I want to walk on water. And I took my trainers off because I knew I wasn't going to walk and, uh, on the water. Like he of little faith. And, I, I, and my toe, uh, I put my little pinky in the water. And, uh, and of course, I sunk. And I thought, Lord, maybe you didn't hear me. I'm going to try it again. So I got back on the rock. Lord, you hear my voice. I'm going to try this again. I said it a bit louder. And I t- took another step off the rock, and of course I took another splash. And the third time, feeling a little bit disgruntled, I thought, maybe, Lord, maybe you can try to teach me a lesson in this. Maybe I'm not going to see the miracle. Maybe I just need to, like, you know, be, um, rest with being ambitious. And I tried a third time, and I failed a third time. And I was a bit disgruntled. And I thought, Lord, you know, is it just something within me? You know, you try to teach me a lesson. Are you kind of laughing at me? Am I just a fool to ask? And, uh, and I didn't really ever get the answer. But I just thought, do you know what? I think it's so good when we try. It is so good when we ask. And I think the Lord was celebrating it. And maybe I had faith, maybe I knew I was going to sink. Who knows what it was. But, uh, but today I think the Lord's calling us to walk on water again. And you're probably thinking, where's this coming from in theology? Well, I was reading John 2, 4 this week. And it's one of the most profound verses I've ever read in the New Testament. And I've read it a million times but I've skipped over it. I want to invite you to read it this week. In fact, I want to invite you to devour the whole of John. I've been devouring John at the moment. It is fantastic. And, uh, and it's this, this uh, story. It's a great story. Who loves a party? Oh, yes. Oh, I love to party. And, and, uh, and, and really what happened was uh, Jesus attended this, this wedding. And uh, it's the first miracle of Jesus. And, uh, and, and Jesus' mum, uh, Mary, says, Jesus, the, uh, the, the wine is, is all gone. What are we going to do? And Jesus' response in John 2 4, he says this Dear woman, that is not our problem. Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. Now, if that was me, I'd have said, I'm sorry, Jesus. I, being British, I, I don't want to offend you. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I realised it wasn't the right time. I just thought it was a good ask. Um, okay, it's cool. Maybe we can just just like, put the kettle on. You know, it's cool. It's, it's all right. It's all right. And I love what Jesus' mum says here. But his mum told the servants, do whatever, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Rewind a moment. Jesus just said he wasn't keen. He said it wasn't his time, Mary. Jesus made it clear that it is the the Lord's desire not to move in this moment in time. It's still preparation season for Jesus. But there his mum says, do whatever he tells you. And then the miracle follows. So his mum knew that if Jesus moved, and if Jesus wanted to do something, he could do it. He knew he could make this, this party have loads of wine again, the best sort of wine. But even though he'd said no, she said yes. And she commanded the servants to get ready. And then we see the miracle happens. Is it possible that faith moves God's hand? That's my question this morning. Is it possible that our faith can move God? So even if we say in our heads, maybe God doesn't want to do it. Maybe we should say, do you know what? We're going we're to just pray anyway. We're going to just command it anyway. We're going to tell our church to get ready for it anyway. Because God moves in our faith. When's the last time we had an audacious faith ask? And we dared to let God answer it. But so often we put so many confines around our own asks. Uh, uh, Maybe, if if it does happen, maybe it was just a fluky event. Or or we forget to thank, thank God anyway. That is one of the most profound things. I know I'm a simpleton. I've read so far in the Bible. Faith moves the hand of God. Some of us... Have asked and not seen. That's okay. Some of us have asked and we've seen God move. I believe some have asked and we don't expect to see. And some are yet to ask at all. Where do you sit in those descriptions? And perhaps you jump between a few. This is not a judgment call. But are we getting it this morning? Church, let's begin to ask Let's be reformists. Let's say yes to relationship. Let's believe for big things for our lives and for this valley. Because I believe when we ask, God does wonderful things. Someone said years ago so eloquently that when I pray, things happen. And when I don't pray about it, they don't. And it was this idea of coincidences. I'm not sure if you're a coincidence believer this morning. But what's the most audacious thing that we can ask for? Think on it for a moment. Let the Holy Spirit blow through your being this morning. God, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us and challenge us? John 14 says, And I will do whatever you ask. This is what Jesus is saying. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So come along to our Sunday evening prayer. Sessions, if you want, if you're able or free from six till seven, and if you can't make it, there's prayer cards on the back of each chair. We would love you, and we will absolutely pray for you. Know that without a doubt. We would love you to write your prayer request down. This is what I'm believing for, this is what I'm needing. You can make it anonymous if you want and you can put it in the offering basket later on, or pass it to uh, myself or someone else. And we would love to pray for you. And equally, if we see the move of God. Let's celebrate those moments. There's also um, a green card as well. Um, No, no, the pink card, which is the, the praise report. You can also write the praise reports there. Let's celebrate what God does as we see him move. So come and be a part of the move of God. We're going to see amazing things happen. So where do we go from here? What's in our hands? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Perhaps it's, you've been getting this sense for a while, and this is what happens when the lights are off, but we see them come on, is we begin to realise things that we just kind of dropped. And perhaps you've been feeling a real call to, to get back into the Word recently, a real call to just, to know the Scriptures. This is what happens when the Spirit moves. Perhaps we get a real sense of, Do you know what, I need to just be around for church, I just need to be around. I need to be a support. I need to make church happen. Church is not perfect, is it? We all know that, but we've all got our part to play. So get involved in this church. Be around in this church. Find your place in this church. We're going to see incredible things happen. And right now it's almost like this this real incubation period, preparation, making ourselves ready, saying yes, but expecting what's to come. And perhaps it's just being the sense of, God, I want to just spend some time with you. Perhaps this is a realisation you're at at the moment. God, I need to spend some time with you. Just just listening, reflecting. Perhaps just talking to you in relationship. That book I was reading this week, he said someone phoned him, a a prophet guy. And the prophet said, "Um, I've got a word from the Lord for you. And the guy said, yeah, what is it? What is it? And he said, um, oh, woe to you, my child. And this is like the Lord speaking. And straight away he thought, this doesn't ring right. My God's got a relationship. And suddenly he's talking to me in this real religious voice. And perhaps some of us in our prayer lives at the moment are like, dearest Lord in heaven. You know, like we just, and it's like this kind of, there's this, this distinct gap rather than relationship. God, we are so grateful that we get to hang out with you. And I just believe today that we need to make it about relationship. So come tonight if you can from 6 till 7, but also we're going to be praying for our Sunday morning services. We're going to, we're going to be gathering, we're going to worship, we're going to, we're going to pray for things that happen across this valley. We're going to be lifting specific prayer points up within our church. And then we're also going to just very scarily not have an agenda and just just see what God wants to do. So if you're up for that, come along, 6 till 7, it'll be fantastic, I'm so pumped. But let's, uh, let's just quiet our hearts this morning. Uh, What's the Lord been saying to you this morning? What's the tap on your heart at the moment? And perhaps the band can come and just play or just play behind us. Joe, is that okay? But God, as we just quiet our hearts this morning, God, would we know you in a tangible sense this morning? Perhaps you're here in church and you've never, felt that, uh, you've never experienced God in a tangible sense. Perhaps you said, you know what, if I just saw God do something, if I just felt God answer this prayer, if I just heard God's voice in my head, I would, I would believe in him wholeheartedly. Well, let's just be quiet this morning. We believe God's here. We believe he's speaking. And God, as we quiet our hearts, would you fill your church? God, would you raise reformists from this church that would ripple across the world. And God, we just we just dare to, to ask big over our families, over our jobs, over our finances, over your church, over this region, over the things that we haven't got yet, but God, we know you can give us. God, we dare to ask big. Big. And God, we're sorry that we meet you with doubt, that we meet you with scepticism, uncertainty. So God, allow our faith to rise. Spirit, blow, transform our hearts and our lives, our thinking. Come on, come on. There's a bit in the scripture that says to write it down, to write the vision down, to make it clear. And I feel like for some of us it would be so useful to write down the things that we're thinking. There's a real practical point on those prayer cards, on the back of them, to write down these, these, these requests, these audacious asks. Put dates next to it. God, we want to just, we want to pray into these things. Audacious asks. God, only you can change my situation. Only you can change my circumstance. Hand those requests in.